You're listening to episode 90 of the Writing Life podcast from the National Centre for Writing, a weekly podcast for anyone who writes. I'm Simon Jones. And I'm Steph McKenna. And we're recording this on the 1st of May 2020 here in Norwich. What have you been working on this week, Steph? Well, Simon, this week uh, we have launched uh, an exciting new offshoot of InCrowd, which is a project that we work on in collaboration with the Applause Rural Touring, Creative Arts East and Pub is the Hub. So InCrowd, for anyone who hasn't heard of it before, it's a programme we run across the country where we bring high quality live literature performances to rural pubs across England. So the idea is to bring literature performers and uh, performances into rural pubs so that audiences in that area can come to the pub that you know they regularly go to and see something completely new. That's obviously you hear a few snacks. A little bit difficult at the moment. We were ready to go with uh, a set of about 12 new shows, I think, um, that were going to go out into pubs very soon. Unfortunately, that can't happen at the moment. So those productions are on hold. So what we're doing instead is uh, we've set up some remote writers in residence. So we're looking for new writing projects and they can be digital or offline ideas that will engage with these rural pubs and their communities. So we're on the lookout for um, writers across England who've got a brand new idea for a performance or live literature show that they could work on remotely that uh, we can then use to promote the pubs that we work with and to reach the audiences that they usually get through their doors. So it could be uh, writing postcard stories, uh, having poetry phone-ins, or maybe a live stream of a performance through the pub social media. Uh, it could be a combination of the both. So uh, we just, we're looking for really original ideas. Um, the brief's pretty open. Uh, and it's, as I say, it's open to anyone across the country, as long as it's something that uh, is a relatively new idea for you that you haven't put out before. So it could be an idea in development um, and it can be a, you can be an individual or a collection of artists and you need to be 18 or over. So that's it, really. We've just published all the information this week on our website under the blog and podcast tab. If you look for our article called apply to be a remote writer in residence and the deadline for this opportunity is sunday the 10th of may so a bit of a tight turnaround on this but i'm really excited about this yeah i think it's a really good example of how we're rapidly transforming all the plans we had for this year mm. into something slightly different that is still kind of ticking the same boxes and making sure that the fact that we're all in lockdown doesn't mean that everything just stops and another good example of that approach is our new Time to Write courses. So these were originally supposed to be physical workshops in Dragon Hall in Norwich uh, over the half-term period for young writers to come in and learn a few things. And obviously lockdown hit before half-term. None of those workshops could happen, but we already had tutors who had been working on the material and were ready to deliver it. So they're being converted into online courses and a whole bunch of them have already gone up and I think there's a few more still to come. Yes, there is, yeah. We're hard at work. Uh, you can find those on the website again if you go to the Young People section and into Young People's Workshops. We have four courses up already and we do have variants depending on the age of the young writer who's involved. Uh, we have two on poetry, we have uh, stage writing and also a writing lyrics course. So there's a really nice cross-section of stuff there. Yeah, more to come. So do keep an eye on the website and also sign up to our newsletter because it's always been full of good stuff, but we've upped it to being a weekly thing now. And Steph, you're kind of the, the newsletter expert around here. 
I am Mrs. Newsletter, it is true. Hard at work getting a newsletter out each week. Um, it's been really fantastic, though, because we've been able to convert lots of our programmes and activity into sort of virtual means, as you'd mentioned before. It means we've got tons of stuff to bring out every week, and hopefully it's really useful for anyone who's subscribed to it. So we make sure we've always got something for writers or for readers and for young people, as well as literary translators. So if you haven't signed up already, do make sure you head over to our website and subscribe. Yeah, and this month's a good month to do it because we've got some very exciting stuff coming up mid-month, which I don't think we can talk about just yet. Dun, dun, Um, dun, it's top secret. exactly. But another good example of how we're transforming something that was supposed to happen in May and now isn't, but making sure that something still happens. Okay, as for today, uh, what have we got on the show? So this week, we've got the full interview with Motoyuki Shibata. Um, So Motoyuki has joined us on three occasions for residencies in Norwich over the years. He's a critic and a Japanese translator of contemporary American fiction. He's also the editor of the annual English language literary journal called Monkey Business, which aims to introduce contemporary Japanese authors to English speaking audiences. And he also, not that he's not busy enough, uh, runs a Japanese language literary journal called Monkey, which is published three times a year in Japan. Yeah, so we had a snippet of this interview back in episode 85 when we were talking about method as part of our early career resources pack. Um, But yeah, very excited that this is the full unabridged interview with Moto, where he talks about all kinds of things from how he got into translation in the first place and the approach he takes to translation, trying to balance the academic style with a more accessible form of translation, find something in the middle that kind of works for him. He also talks a lot about his current projects and what he was working on when he was here in Norwich, which is a translation of Gulliver's Travels, which was going to be serialised in newspapers in Japan. Uh, And that always gets me excited when people start talking about serialised fiction, because that's very much my kind of thing as well. That is your bag, isn't it? It is, yes. Moto, as always, is just a lovely person to listen to. So here we are. This is Peggy chatting with Moto uh, a couple of months ago when he was in Norwich. Maybe if we just kick off, if you would be happy just to tell us a little bit about your um, journey to the translator you are today. I started teaching at university back in 1984. I was trying to be a Melville scholar and I wasn't really making it. And, uh, you know, if you teach English at the Japanese university, you get, uh, you know, some kind of part-time job after another. And uh, I did my best, and uh, uh, some of the writers, uh, some of the editors uh, liked what I did, and then eventually, I, you know, uh, I was in a better position uh, of being able to, you know, uh, translate what I like instead of, you know, uh, translate what they asked me to do. Mm-hmm. And, so you're an accidental translator. Yes, yes. You know, in, in Japan, there is no, you know, uh, official course mm. in universities about translation. So, so you don't really know how to become a translator. Mm. So, are there didn't used to be, or there still aren't courses? For, still aren't. Still not. Yes, mm. uh, there are some public, uh, you know, schools mm. uh, or, uh, where they teach translation, and that's one way to become a translator. It's mm-hmm. almost like a, attending a creative, you know, uh, 
creative writing course. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, if you if your teacher likes what you do, you know, sometimes they uh, introduce you to publishers. Mm. You know. So how did but, you find your but way then? In my case, you know, I was a u- university teacher, and that's another way to to you know mm. to start translation. And translators who are also university professors tend to be uh, too uh, scholarly in okay. their translation. Yeah. You know, to uh, in terms of the tone of the work they produce, right, oh, right. Okay. Uh, to sometimes too stilted, you know, mm-hmm. lifeless. Mm-hmm. And the uh, uh, translators who uh, studied translation at the, you know private translation mm-hmm. schools tend to be uh, sometimes too reader friendly. Mm, okay. You know, yeah. To what commercial? No. To commercial. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Mm. Uh, so uh, you know, uh, even when the text is quite difficult, and uh, you know, even when the text let let you think, and you have to sort of you know struggle with the text, mm-hmm. they tend to you know make it easier than what mm. it is. Okay. And so I was very aware of that uh, from the beginning. So. I wanted to be, you know, somewhere in the middle, <laughs> reader friendly enough, but mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. not, uh, you know, sounding academic. Mm. You know. Does, did that make you unusual then? Not a, really, thanks to Haruki Murakami, because that's exactly what he was doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he, of course, he's known as an author, mm-hmm. but he's also a, a prolific translator mm-hmm. of American fiction. And uh, back in the days when I was a graduate student, he, you know, uh, made his debut as a, a writer and mm-hmm. also as a translator. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, what he did as a translator was a kind of revelation to us. You know, mm. uh, the the, the uh, his prose as a translator, you know, mm-hmm. was very pleasing, as as pleasing as the original, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, before that, with the very few exceptions, uh, we didn't uh, expect any pleasure from from the translations mm-hmm. in terms of the prose itself. You yeah, see what this, I mean? This, the know? prose style or flavor. Right, right, or, right, yeah, right. Yeah. So you, you, of course, you know, uh, appreciate, you, you, uh, you appreciated, you know, what the contents of mm-hmm. Dostoevsky, Tolstoy, mm-hmm. or whoever, mm-hmm. but uh, you you didn't expect anything about prose. Mm. But uh, Haruki's translation was a pleasure to read, you know. Okay. Yeah. And before that, uh, there was another translator named Kazuko Fujimoto, and uh, her translation, Richard Brottingen, mm-hmm. uh, was. Uh, revelation to us, mm-hmm. and Haruki sort of, you know, followed mm-hmm. uh, what Fujimoto-san did. Okay, wow, fascinating. So, can you tell us a little bit about some of the writers that you translate and have translated? Uh-huh. But also, I'm interested in what um, draws you. Presuming that you get to choose the people you wish to translate. Yes, yes. What is it yes. about their work and yes, their ideas yes, and yes, their language yes, and so yes, on? Yes. Uh, probably the. Uh, the most known author I translate is Paul Auster, and uh, I seem to be drawn to the authors who uh, tries to uh, revise the idea of fiction, you know, uh, mm-hmm. the idea of what uh, fiction can do. Mm-hmm. And so I'm not really drawn to, uh, uh, you know, uh, highly realistic authors. Mm-hmm. Uh, I. I, I'm drawn to authors who sort of keep going back and forth between reality mm-hmm. and fiction mm-hmm. and the uh, the uh, 
uh, in their fiction, uh, the border between mm-hmm. uh, reality and fiction becomes blurred. Mm-hmm. That's that's the kind of author I, I'm drawn to: Paul Auster, Stephen Milhauser, Steve Erickson, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. or Stuart Dybeck. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Those authors. In terms then of your, um, I guess your approach. Or your method? How do you begin? So you get the new Paul Oster in the post or mm. whatever. Mm. What's what's your your process then in terms of approaching it as a as a as a translation? Mm. Um, you know, I sometimes you know uh, publishers uh, approach me and ask mm-hmm. me if I would be interested to translate this book, a certain book, mm-hmm. but uh, that really works. Mm. Uh, in most cases, I'm just chatting with an editor and uh, uh, I tell them that I read this and that book and I, li- I, I really loved this one and, mm. and they sometimes, you know, uh, get interested and uh, mm-hmm. uh, eventually we decide to do it together. Mm. And uh, uh, then you, 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 you're interested in the actual process? I of am. Yeah, I really you know? am, yeah. 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 Mm. Uh, of course, I, I, I create a first draft first and uh, I go all the way mm-hmm. and uh, some people are perfectionists and uh, they don't go to the uh, next page until they are completely satisfied with the, with the page they're mm-hmm. working on. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I'm not like that because you often uh, get a better sense of the page you are working on by going further. You see what I mean? I do. Right. Mm, mm. So uh, uh, even if I am 80% satisfied with, the, with, with a certain page, I uh, go on to the next mm-hmm. page mm-hmm. And, and, and to the next and until I go to the end. And then I go back, of course, go back to mm. the beginning. And uh, usually I uh, end up uh, completely rewriting the first few pages mm-hmm. because I'm at that stage I'm more familiar with the voice of the uh, of the book mm-hmm. and uh, you, you know um, I I am I'm I'm a, I'm a much better friend of the <laughs> books book yeah. at, at that at that stage so uh, it's a good sign that I you know end up. Uh, almost completely rewriting my, mm-hmm. revising my translation mm-hmm. of, of the first few pages. Yeah. Uh, then I go on to the uh, uh, final page again. And, and I, I, of course, consult the original uh, in my uh, uh, second, you know, uh, revision. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. or first revision. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then uh, sometimes I'm at that stage, sometimes I'm uh, satisfied enough to hand it to my editor. Mm-hmm. But in most cases, I have to go all over again. Mm-hmm. Probably without consulting the, uh, the original. Mm-hmm. This time, I you know, work on the, uh, the rhythm and style of the Japanese. Yeah. You know. mm-hmm. But sometimes, of course, I'm worried. I maybe, you know, sometimes I'm worried I might be getting uh, too farther away from the original. Mm. So then, of course, you know, I look at the original and so... Mm. uh, And then I usually, you know, after the second revision, I'm ready to hand it to the... Mm. uh, 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 to the the editor. Mm. And my wife uh, 
makes a lot of criticism. Great. <laughs> She's your first reader. <laughs> oh yeah, 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 yeah. 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 And uh, I, I always get angry when she you know, <laughs> criticizes something in my translation. <laughs> but in most cases, I end up, you know, uh, following her advice. Right. But sometimes I need. Uh, I seem to, you know, need to go through that stage of, you know, yeah. getting irritated. Yeah. Is she a tough critic? <laughs> she is. She, she is. is yeah. It's good. Uh, especially in terms of the, the uh, correct use of the Japanese mm. language. You know, okay. there are certain co uh, collocations mm -hmm. that go well and, and some, and there are other collocations mm. that don't, don't really go well. Okay. You know? Yeah. And I'm, wow. I'm sometimes pretty uh, careless about them. Mm. You know? Yeah. So what, I want to know a bit about what, what are the ideal conditions in which to translate for you? I mean, is it silence? Is it music? Mm. I, I, we, we had a crime writer here oh, last yes, September yes, who yes, stayed yes, in the yes, cottage yes. as well. And she said when she was writing her book, she, um, she used to love having um, very scary films on a big screen silently. Really? Uh-huh. That, was, ah, how, that, that ah. was her perfect. Okay. Right. So I'm just intrigued by what then. Uh, uh, mm. Depends on which stage I'm in. Okay. In the beginning, when, I, when I'm working on the first draft, I always play music. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, not in the Japanese. Not as, if it's song, if it's a song, mm. uh, it has to be in English or mm -hmm. in any uh, you know, foreign mm -hmm. language. Mm -hmm. Because, uh, um, you know, if it's Japanese, it just you know comes into me and uh, you know mess, mess, messes up my mm. my, my uh, language. Yeah. Right, right. It's very distracting. But if it's English, you know, if I don't pay attention, uh, it, you know, it never bothers me. It's mm. just it's just a sound. Wallpaper. Right, right. Mm. So uh, uh, it could be uh, you know uh, baroque music or rock music from the sixties and seventies. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. uh, but uh, I, I always play music. Simply because you know translations is basically not really work for me. It's 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 a, it's something I, I play with. Mm. I, I mean it's it's a it's a play. You know it's it's I, I'm just having fun mm. translating. Yeah, how wonderful to have a job that's that's oh, yeah. like pleasure. Yes, yes, yes. You know, yeah. but uh, on the in the uh, final stage. You know, when I'm sort of fine-tuning mm. my uh, my uh, prose, uh, then sometimes even Bach can be, you know, distractive, yeah. and uh, I, I need some silence, okay. which is hard to get in Tokyo. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. Did you have you found Norwich silent? Has it been? Oh uh, yeah, yeah. This is yeah, the ideal quiet. place for my translation. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I remember back in 2016, I. Uh, stay stay here mm -hmm. one month, and uh, I m did uh, most of my translation of uh, Huckleberry Finn mm -hmm. here. Mm -hmm. Wow, mm -hmm. great! Um, what have you been working on while you've been here? This time the weather's not been quite so good, which uh, has uh, been a shame. I, uh, well, but uh, but this is England. You know? <laughs> it is. It is. It's winter <laughs> yeah, 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 in yeah. England. Yeah. And uh, I've started my new translation mm -hmm. of uh, Gulliver's Travels. Oh, great. I'm serializing it uh, in, in one of the major newspapers in Japan. So I'm really looking forward. Fabulous. Has that come out yet in Japan? Or it's, it's, you're just working on it right now? They're not, it's not public yet? It's not public yet. I've just started my translation and uh, I start, I'll be starting serializing it mm -hmm. probably in May. Okay. And uh, uh, what I what I really like about it is that my editor wants a lot of notes, you know. Mm. You know, translators to put 
put in, you know, many notes. But usually okay. editors don't like it. Oh, why, no. why, does, why, why does your editor want the notes then? Well, sometimes, you know, some clumsy notes, you know, can be uh, di- disruptive. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. uh, it uh, you know, sort of uh, draws your attention away mm-hmm. from the text itself. Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, I don't know. For instance, note for a William Shakespeare, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. a playwright born 15 something, you know, <laughs> yeah, died yeah. 16, you know. Yeah. That's, 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 you know, that doesn't give you any real information no. you need. But sometimes you, uh, uh, readers, you know, are better off with uh, some inf- background, mm. back, background information. Yeah, some context. Yes. Will they be footnotes? Where yes, they, yes, they are, yes, yeah. 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 It's a, you know, it's a newspaper. We run it. We'll be running it uh, once a week, whole page. Mm, so uh, we we have uh, plenty of room mm-hmm, for mm-hmm. Uh, illustrations oh, and the notes as well. Yeah, I'm quite conflicted about mm. the idea of it mm. being serialized. Mm-hmm. By which I mean, people will read one one. Yeah, one week, uh, one section to, from a chapter. Yeah, yeah, yeah and then yeah, have to yeah. wait to yes, the next. Yes, they have to wait one more week yeah. to uh, get the uh, next instalment. Does that make you feel a degree of um, pressure to leave them on a cliffhanger with a tent, you know, on tenterhooks at oh, the end? I don't know, because you know, serialization, serialization is such a common idea in Japan. Okay, uh, that's. Sometimes that's the only way some novelists uh, can get right uh, yeah. can get uh, uh, any writing done. Yeah. Yeah. You know, okay. uh, there are a number of uh, major literary journals, mm-hmm. so they mm-hmm. serialize their novels mm-hmm. there, and okay. that's how they. So the readers are used to used to that. Yes. A, yeah. Yes. Uh, and uh, Japanese novelists are used to, and, um, and translators as well mm. they are used to working you know on mm. deadlines okay mm. yeah oh, interesting can you say a little bit please about um, monkey business mm, mm. and uh, yeah. t- tell us about your role within that we're getting a copy out here yes. um, which you listeners can't see but it's a very, okay. very s- beautiful looking right. journal um, oh, thank, thanks very much mm. um, I started uh, publishing a Japanese language literary journal mm-hmm. called Monkey Business. I think it was 2006 or 2007. And uh, I started uh, the English version annual uh, in 2011. And I uh, ran it until 2017. So we published seven issues. And um, I'm very proud of this publication. Uh, the best writings from contemporary Japanese Japanese writers and the best uh, translations too. You know. mm. um, of, of course, my English is not uh, my English is far from perfect, but um, I can still contribute. Uh, <laughs> you know, in the editing process, even when uh, uh, we, we, even when we have a very good translator. Mm. You know, uh, the uh, a good sign. I mean, how do you say? You you know someone is a good translator when he or she is willing to correct it. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, They're willing to to consider your edits. Yes, yeah. yes, and mm. uh, they 
they are ready to uh, uh, admit their, mm. their you know minor mistakes mm. and and you know the, so all, all they have in mind is to improve the text mm. you know it's not about their ego mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and uh, if that's what makes a good translator, mm-hmm. what to your, in your opinion, makes a good writer? What in you, because you've worked with writers in lots of ways oh, as okay. a translator. Uh, a- I think for, uh, for, for a writer, uh, I think it's readiness to make a fool of yourself. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Translators shouldn't make a fool of themselves. They, translators should uh, make themselves invisible. You know, mm-hmm. uh, but uh, writers are completely different. Mm. They uh, they have to you know create something out of nothing, and mm. uh, I think in Japan uh, we readers are more interested in uh, the uniqueness of each author rather than uh, the universality of their work. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, in other words, they are interested in how crazy, you know, authors are. Yeah, you know. great. I've just got one more question, sure. if that's well, okay. Yeah. I, I have um, to definitely no, please. No, lovely. This is, this is a very beautiful um, oh, publication. And, uh, I, I'm, uh, this uh, monkey business uh, discontinued in 2017, mm. but uh, I'm starting a new magazine, oh. new English, like, uh, I'm starting a new uh, English mm-hmm. language mm-hmm. journal. Uh, this fall. Tell us more. Uh, and this time, um, I'm now uh, in Japan. I publish uh, this new literary journal called Simply Monkey mm-hmm. because over the years I learned there is no business in literary business. So we simply <laughs> took up business. Got the business. It's called Monkey now. Oh, wow. And uh, uh, we are starting the uh, English language version of this. Uh, this fall, yeah. we have uh, we have our new sponsor now. Wonderful! Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. brilliant. Will that be available to buy in the UK or on on the internet? I suppose we can yeah, in, on the internet. Yeah. Uh, the paper version and the ebook version, and uh, you know, big. I, I understand big cities has a uh, uh, Kinokuniya bookstore v- uh, branch. Yeah, yeah. Uh, certainly in London. Okay, you know, um, great. The, uh, we, uh, our, our new journal will be distributed mm-hmm. by, uh, you know, Kinokunya the mm-hmm. world over. Mm-hmm. Oh, goodness me. Do you know yet who's going to be in the first edition? Do you have any, any oh, yes, spoilers? Yes, yes, yeah. The best, uh, you know, uh, contemporary Japanese writers yeah. and oh. the, translated by best uh, translators. Yeah. And on, on that note, who should our listeners be reading in terms of Japanese literature? Who are you most excited by? Hideo um, Furukawa. Oh, yeah. Hideo Furukawa. Yeah. Oh, who, who was in Norwich uh, a few oh, yeah, years ago? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Wonderful writer and performer. Oh, yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. Um, he, I think he's the uh, closest thing we have to Thomas Pynchon in Japan. Oh, gosh. Yeah. But probably, I don't know. Slightly more accessible, <laughs> and he's a lot of fun. Yes, you know, and he he leaves. He you can see him in the public, uh, unlike Pynchon, who's not right. so much. That's certainly true. Oh, yeah. 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 Um, my final question, I think, is just uh, uh, in in all of your time working with writers and as, as a translator and a writer and an editor and so on. Mm. I mean, what would your what have you learned? What what would you want to impart? I suppose to the people listening who are early career writers, um, what's the what's your top tip to those who are perhaps just embarking on their journey as a writer, who are maybe just about to be published? What what would you want them to know, I guess? Uh, try not to please others. 
Okay. Try to please mm-hmm. yourself. That seems to be the best way uh, to uh, you know to make the best thing in yourself come out. Mm. Yeah, great, great advice. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Wonderful, thank you. wonderful. Thanks for listening, and thanks to Moto for the chat. If you have any questions or you want to get in touch with us, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Writers Centre and over on Facebook. You can also email us info at nationalcentreforwriting.org.uk and you'll find information on all of our programmes and a full list of all of our past podcasts on nationalcentreforwriting.org.uk. Past podcast is quite hard to say, isn't it? Past podcast. Don't know why I said that, but I think it's fine. I think it's fine. Please do rate, review and subscribe to the podcast because it does help other people to find it and makes us feel cosy. Thanks again. Keep writing and we'll catch you next week. Music